people welcome to my first ever podcast if you don't know already my name's Ozzy Barker and I'm an international relations student at the University of Birmingham can't lie I'm not even sure if I'm gonna upload it but if you're listening right now it means that I found the guts to so sit back relax and let's get started this is something that I've wanted to do for a while and I've, I haven't had the facilities to do it. I still don't, to be honest. I'm recording this on a 15 pound mic that I bought and on my phone. However, the purpose of this platform when I created it was to be the person that I never had, be that role model that I was lacking growing up. There wasn't anyone like me who I could relate to coming from a working class background who went to university and was in the position I'm in. When I was <laughs> when I was up to 17, I didn't know what university was, which is crazy to think back now. And when I created this platform, I created it for that sole purpose, to be the person that I never had. And one thing that I'm a huge advocate on now is for specifically young men, young working class men from ethnic minority backgrounds, is to take up self-development and is to introspect more and to reflect more and to want to better yourself and to not be stigmatized in doing so and to not feel ashamed in doing so. And saying that and being an advocate of this, I want to put this out into the world as well. I want to show that I'm I'm not only preaching it, but I'm doing this myself. So I think a podcast where it feels more like a a conversation and a reflection inside my own thoughts, I thought would be a nice way to, to do this. So that if one person from my background can listen and take something from it and perhaps encourages them to do it, then that's worth worth its weight in gold for me. So, without further ado, I've introduced myself, and if this is your first time listening to me, or if this is your first time, or if this is your first time finding me, then you can find me on all platforms uh, at Aussie OSB. That's Aussie O Z Z Y underscore OSB underscore. And that's for TikTok, Instagram, and all platforms, YouTube as well. But I'll, I'll be super honest, I'm still, it's weird recording this. I'm, I'm, my heart's racing, I'm super nervous. However, I know that that in itself is a good sign because it shows that I care. And also it shows that I'm excited. I'm excited to, to share this with you lot and I hope you can you can take something from it, whatever that may be. And saying that, without further ado, I'll introduce the structure of this podcast. So we're going to cover a few things from the notes that I've made. And the title of this podcast, I might change it by the time it's released. But it will be something along the lines of Reflect, Rewind and Reset 2023. So a kind of post-year reflection. We're going to touch on a few topics. 
we're going to touch on five habits that have changed my life in 2022. Five pieces of advice I've never forgot. Five habits to make 2023 your best year. And five questions to ask yourself before the new year. And I'm going to ask myself those questions live as well. So you can get a a raw, authentic response. I don't know how that's going to go because, like I said, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still a bit nervous now recording this. However, that's what I want it to be. I want it to be a raw, organic listen. I'm not going to... I'm not going to edit it too tough or reshoot anything. I want it to be that way. So, let's get started. I've got my laptop up now. I'm actually, I'm super excited because I made these notes. I posed myself these questions about a week ago. About a week ago. That's a throwback fucking hell. I said about a week ago. But I posed myself these questions a while ago. So, it'll be interesting to see what I wrote because I've forgot actually so it'll be interesting to see what I've wrote for each of them and then I can unpack them together with you and what what I would like to do as well is when I'm asking myself these questions and I'm reflecting upon them if you want just get down a notebook and do it yourself so without further ado it is five pieces of advice I've never forgot so, if you're listening, take a second, think about five pieces of advice yourself. We're going to go to number one. And, oh, I know where this is. What this one is from. This one is actually from one of my best friends who I met at university in first year. Under extraordinary circumstances, when I look back, if you're listening, Duki, Caius, you know, he's a, a big influence on my life now. I have no shame in saying that. He's an amazing guy. And he said something that has always stuck with me ever since. And it's so, sometimes in order for there to be peace, there must be war first. And I wrote, nothing good, healthy or worthwhile comes without conflict. So stop running from it. Embrace it as part of a good and healthy process. And when I reflect on that, I think one of the reasons that has stuck with me so much is because from a relatively young age and for large periods of my life, I've seen conflict as something to be avoided. And that's had that's had implications on my romantic relationships, that's had implications on my friendships that's also had inevitably had implications on how I'm able to set my own boundaries and how I'm able to be more assertive and in turn speak up for myself because I struggled to that that fear of conflict actually at times held me back from not setting my boundaries and not sticking up for myself when in fact conflict is normal conflict is healthy and it shouldn't be something to that you seek to avoid and i guess it's learning how to manage conflict in a healthy way you know not losing not losing your shit when 
at another person or getting angry. It doesn't mean that. That's not what conflict per se is. Conflict's a normal part of human relations, right? And for so long, I, I didn't see that. I was, I was super scared of it, which is silly, really, looking back. And that's for a number of reasons, most likely. I think that stems... That stems from, partly from my experiences of conflict during my childhood and how I saw conflict handled in my own personal life. And it was always seen as something that has, that you want to avoid. And I've become more conscious of that recently. However, I haven't always been. And that's been a big learning process. And that's why the quote, Sometimes in order for there to be peace, there must be war first, rings so true for me. Oh, what a brilliant quote. quote. He definitely stole that off someone, but I'll allow it. And yeah, what an amazing quote. I'm interested to know, did has this rang true with any of yourselves? Is conflict, conflict something that you have been scared to engage with? perhaps for the same reasons as my own. Maybe it's seeing conflict in the home and seeing the adverse effects of quote-unquote conflict. Perhaps it was arguments within the house. Perhaps it was relationships, whatever it may be. And has that had an effect on how you deal with conflict? Because I know it certainly did for me, which is why it's that quote itself rings so true for me. And number two which is let your passions guide you. And this was actually something which was said at a Patchworks session that I went to by the CEO of a company called Hanover. And it was something, it's one of those vague quotes, right? But I think it has a really profound meaning. And I made a few notes on it. So I said, you can lead or be led through life. It's better to live on your terms, following your passions, what you desire, what's important to you. Let your passions guide you. And I think relating that to my own experiences, when I've been at points in my life where I haven't been truly fulfilled or truly happy, I have 100% not been driven by my passions. I've been doing things that haven't haven't been fulfilling me that has hasn't been who I want to be you know I remember and I think a lot a lot of us man especially those who go to university we a lot of us have this stage first year in it but I remember first year of university I was I was just going out partying most nights and getting into really unhealthy habits not not living a balanced life at all, not focusing on things that I like doing and and my passions. And I I drifted away from who I want to be. And we all go through stages in life like that, right? And I think that's why, again, this is so important to let your passions guide you and not things that are extrinsically motivated. So for example, at that period in first year, for me, that was perhaps that was perhaps external, I was being externally motivated by, let's say, wanting to please people, because it's, first year of university is, 
it's crazy when you think about it, right? You're in this a completely new environment with completely different people. In my case, miles away from my home in Essex, miles away from my family, miles away from my friends and people I grew up with. And it's so easy to lose sight of things that are important and to live perhaps someone else's life because you think that you have to be a certain type of character to fit in with these different types of people. However, it's something that Stephen Bartlett always says that I think has always stuck with me, which is, it goes goes something like this, that says, if you betray your true self, you'll you'll feel unfulfilled and unfulfilled that you've abandoned your your true self and if you succeed in abandoning your true self sorry i just butchered that if you succeed in in abandoning your true self you'll feel resentful and unfulfilled because you're living a lie in a sense and if you fail you'll feel resentful and unfulfilled because you've attempted to abandon your true self and failed so you'll ultimately end end back at some point or another where you should be which is living true to yourself, true to your ideal, true to your passions and who you want to be. And then at the same time, I think I, I, would, I would also challenge myself and say that, why is that such a bad thing? I think this one thing I've been more conscious on recently, I think maybe people are a bit too hard on themselves sometimes when they go through phases in life like this. Like, oh, I wasn't living. I, I completely abandoned myself or whatever. However, at the same time, we are so young. And in essence, that's what our youth is about, right? It's about pushing the goalposts and pushing the perimeters, about testing how far you can go one side and how far you can go the other side to find out who actually am I? What do I like? What do I enjoy doing? Who do I enjoy hanging around with? And to be honest, if maybe if I didn't have that first year where I was perhaps not living true to myself in hindsight looking back if I didn't have that first year how would I know that that wasn't my true self if I hadn't experienced living that lifestyle maybe in a parallel universe I would have found that actually that was more reflective of my ideal and who I want to be and yeah I guess in a sense your youth is a sort of means tester to explore your identity and find out who you want to be what you enjoy who you like so i think at the same time we have to be more kind and forgiving to ourselves sometimes and the two can coexist of course the the two points that i made not living true to yourself but also being conscious of the fact that times like this in your life be conscious that this is a moment in time and as long as you are conscious of this and conscious of the fact that this is simply exploration for you and you're trying to find and carve your own identity then I think that's absolutely fine however it's when I guess the sometimes the problem is when you go too far to one side when it's actually conflicting with with your gut feeling and your passions and your your essence I guess so yeah it's a really interesting one saying that then how have have you experienced that same feeling? Perhaps in times where you haven't been living true to your authentic self, have you experienced that same, that same self-doubt or identity crisis? 
and how did you navigate and manage that be I'd, I'd love to know so yeah make some notes as you're listening to this okay number three and again this is a quote looking at it now i remember who said this so this again is a quote from a senior mp surprising round of mps are actually they can actually say something worthwhile you get me like <laughs> and this is a quote from a from a senior mp who i attended a masterclass session was and this is something that has has stuck with me a lot since number three it's rare that one side ever has the monopoly on truth and i made some notes that go as so it's easy to get caught up on one side but by doing so you negate the whole other side of the coin you can always learn something from both sides and it's something that i've contended with myself a lot the past the past year because i think i think i speak for a lot of us who grew up in perhaps households where their parents were were very political or maybe had strong held beliefs that 100% either consciously or subconsciously my shout out mumsy my parents in general but less so my dad I guess because we he kind of came in became a more prominent figure later on in my life but especially my mum shout out mumsy your parents and the people you surround yourself with rub off consciously and subconsciously on you so much and in my case, I grew up in a very, a very political household. I grew up with a mum who had very strong beliefs. And 100% that rubbed off on me. And looking back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking back for Lord, large periods of my life, I 100% was kind of caught up in in looking at the world as so binary and i think that's a in some ways is a symptom of youth right because you're not exposed to different parts of the world and you're not exposed to different types of people it's easy to hold very strong beliefs on one side when all you've known is one side for example and what has been nice about going to university and about pushing myself outside my comfort zone in terms of the different types of people I've been hanging around with in different types of communities, people with different opinions has been actually challenging my own beliefs that I held so strongly. And looking back, I think I speak for a lot of us where I wasn't conscious of it at the time. I thought, I can, I think I convinced myself somewhat that I was particularly open-minded and Perhaps there was a bit of quote unquote liberal self self I don't want to say arrogance, but you know that you're kind of when you're so fixated on your opinions, you forget to acknowledge the other side and you forget to challenge yourself and actually you you end up living in a state the same state of ignorance that often the side you disagree with does as well. And what's been nice about coming to university and meeting people from different backgrounds and talking to people with different opinions to me is that I've learned that you can take something from each side and instead of instead of instantly refuting something that I don't agree with, actually in fact asking why. 
saying, oh, that's interesting. Why do you have a different opinion? I wonder where that came from. What can I learn from that? Perhaps there is some truth in that because the world isn't so binary. The world isn't black and white. We live in a constant, we live in that, in that gray area, right? And I think that's what is so easy to forget. We get caught up in seeing the world as black and white and, and binary. We forget about this huge gray area. And the statement rings so true. It's so rare that one side has the monopoly on truth. And I guess growing up, I thought that I had the monopoly on a lot of truth. And I thought people I listened to had monopoly on the truth. But whose truth is it? I would ask someone, it's your truth. And I guess it being your truth is also valid. However, the truth always lies somewhere in between. And I think it's been nice to challenge myself and to also acknowledge the fact that there can be multiple truths at the same time multiple truths can coexist just like i was talking about before with with the the fact that for example at university you can abandon your true self however at the same time that could also be true however at the same time that could also be conducive to your growth and to find carving your identity so two truths can exist at the same time and that's something i've learned i've learned a lot this past year so that's why that rings so true to me so yeah great quote rare that one side has the monopoly on truth and to throw that question back at everyone listening have you experienced the same thing and how easy is it for you to without judgment without an instant reaction challenge yourself and your beliefs and your opinions that's one for for you to ponder and number four always seek manageable discomfort and again this is something a quote that came up in another masterclass session got so many good quotes from these masterclass sessions so yeah always seek manageable discomfort and i made the notes as so greatness never came from comfort zones and it sounds cliche in it allow it however it also doesn't come from taking on too much too quick that can in fact have the adverse effect. So always seek a manageable discomfort and embrace the journey. And again, that's something that I've always kept in mind at every, I say always kept in mind, I mean in the last, you're gonna hear me mention a lot, the last year, the last whatever, and we'll get on to when we reflect on the year, why that's been, this year has been so important for me. So this year, something that I've really tried to keep in mind is seeking this manageable discomfort and it's easy for someone to say you've got to throw yourself into the deep end and step out of your comfort zone however sorry if you hear the bike back outside but yeah however a lot of the time that doesn't work because what happens if you throw yourself in the deep end you fucking drown right because you can't swim you jump straight in the deep end it's like the saying, you either sink or swim. And 50% of the time, you sink. And if you make it back up, you're not gonna jump in again, are you? So it deters you from any action. Whereas something I've been conscious of is always seeking manageable discomfort, is it's that philosophy of trying to get 1% better every day so that I'm not overwhelmed with new 
activities and new knowledge that I can improve and develop at my own pace. So for example, when I started this platform, I started off with quotes and with five things posts, things that I could manage at that time because it was so fucking nerve wracking. And that is something I'll touch a, touch a bit on later, but that is something that was so new to me, putting myself in, being more expressive online and putting my opinions, I guess, out there and putting things out there for people to consume. I'd never done that before. I'd never showed my personality really outwardly to people. And I couldn't go straight into fucking videos. Otherwise I would have just, I think I would have just imploded with the anxiety that that would have caused. And step by step from quotes, then start making more engaging content. And then when I was ready building up to videos and even now just building up to things like this. So I think when people think about going outside your comfort zone, they think it has to be, right, if I want to start a podcast, if I want to make videos, maybe it's gym videos or whatever, I have to do a voiceover and record everything in one night. You know, I have to go straight into being fucking, uh, what's that? What's that geezer? JPG coaching or whatever. However, that's not the case. Build at your own pace. Because the chances are, if you can't, if it doesn't feel right at the moment, chances are it's not. Chances are you're not ready. And when you are ready, you will know because it feels like the next step. If it doesn't feel like the next step, chances are it's not. So yeah, that's why. Always seeking manageable discomfort is so key to me and been so key this past year. And the last but not least, five pieces of advice that have always stuck with me from this year, may I clarify. This one might sound silly, however, I will explain. This one actually came from, again, Patchworks. I will speak on that a bit later, perhaps. It's been such a big influence in my life, but this one actually came from someone who is now my mentor from Patchworks, and that is three words. Be a sponge, I'll explain. Just like a sponge, soak things up. Soak up the knowledge, wisdom, and greatness from those around you. Those who succeed are those who are able to absorb all the good from those around them. So be a sponge. And again, this kind of links to what I was talking about earlier in the point that it's rare that one side has the monopoly over truth. And the fact that before I came to uni, I was very much happy in my bubble and people I was comfortable with that I had quite a big chip on my shoulder and I didn't want to interact with people from certain backgrounds or who were I guess better than me better than me in the sense that I'm talking about this from a class perspective so coming from a working class background I think I projected a lot of my insecurity from my background onto middle class people or upper class people and in oh, nearly knocked over my phone and in fact one thing that Imram said on the first day of Patchworks is he said I know many of you come from working class backgrounds and this might be your first time in buildings like this and with people like this and you might meet people who you disagree with you might meet people from completely different walks of life 
and that might be uncomfortable but it's one thing he said just promise me in this time for this 10 months which is how long the program lasted just be a sponge no matter your differences with these people you can learn something from everybody so soak up all their knowledge soak up all their wisdom soak up all their greatness if there are if they are extremely charismatic soak that up take parts from them that you want in yourself and that's something that i swear to god wallahi has been so crucial for my growth is remembering to be a sponge and remembering that you can learn something from everybody and to not be intimidated by that but in fact embrace that and yeah imram if you don't know him imram such an amazing guy and he comes up he comes up with gems like that all the time and that is something that has always stuck with me so i hope you could relate to that last one as well let me know what you think hope you're taking notes as you listen to this and get a little bit of insight into into my thoughts so the next thing we are going to cover are five habits that changed my life in 2022 quite dramatic right (laughs) quite a dramatic uh title that's blame the instagram algorithm for that (laughs) so when i say changed my life obviously it's tongue-in-cheek you get me however i believe personally that these habits have definitely changed my outlook and changed my life in 2022 so number one and again i'm looking at these notes for the first time in a couple weeks so this will be very interesting switching from music to podcasts i became conscious this year that often when i was turning to music in the past it was actually a form of escape it would numb my current state any pain or any internal dialogue to help me escape from my reality however this year i made an effort to switch more of my music intake to podcasts so I could not only learn while I'm winding but build on being more present in day-to-day life instead of attempting to escape my reality. Wow, I've got, I got goosebumps from reading that back and this is something that when I, when I was writing this, I remember now, I was thinking, what? so, so what has been a huge impact this last year and actually when I reflected because I knew one of the things I wanted to write was that start listening to podcasts but then I started delving a bit deeper into into why why has it been so so important and what was my relationship with music and I think like many people we all love music right it's one of the most it's biggest biggest uh, entertainment in the world if you can call it entertainment whatever however one of the effects of music is it is a it's something to get lost in right it's a it's either an amplifier it heightens your emotions or it suppresses them it's a bit like a, a drug in that sense right the way it can regulate your emotions and 100% when I look when I look back and I still I still doing it do it now I'm not claiming to to not but I'd never listened to apart from like silly podcasts where mandem are just busting jokes I'd never listened to a, po- a podcast in my life like I couldn't be present for that long I couldn't focus for that long and I instead I would turn to music because I could almost escape from my reality 
And if I was feeling stressed or if I was feeling anxious, I could turn to music as a form of escape. It kind of, I guess, like, I have a similar sort of relationship with food in that sense. You know, food never lets you down. It's it's a comfort. And one thing that I've become conscious of is that relationship isn't always healthy or conducive to me. And why podcasters have helped me so much is that, one, they've allowed me to learn. Two, as I mentioned, they've allowed me to become more present in day-to-day life. And three... If you, if you don't know already, Diary of a CEO, fucking hell, start listening right now. Because the I tell you what, Walla, if there's one person, if there's one platform that has had the single biggest impact on me this year, it's Stephen Bartlett and Diary of a CEO. What an amazing podcast and almost single-handedly changed my relationship with podcasts and the media I consume. And he has some amazing guests and gets some amazing content, amazing conversations. And I've learned so much this year just from that. And like I said, learning to be more present, learning not to turn to music when I'm stressed, to numb my emotions or to suppress them. Of course, everything within moderation. And now when I listen to music, I'm more more conscious, because you're never completely more conscious of the fact that right i'm listening to this music at this point because i feel a certain way and trying to be taking the driving seat in those decisions rather than being driven so be like right i'll take 30 minutes to listen to this album to just unwind to just relax and then i'll get i'll get back into reality i'll switch up so yeah number one switching from music to podcasts i'll be interested to know is is this relationship with music something that you've experienced as well? Is it something you can relate to? So, yeah, that would be great to know. Number two, start reading. Right. <laughs> I know exactly what I have written here. So, I want to listen. No cap. No cap in this whatsoever. Before this year, the last time I read a book, I was eight years old. Wallahi, no joke. No joke. Eight years old. And I can tell you exactly what book that was. That was, oh, please, I don't forget now. That was Alex Ryder. Right, that was Alex Ryder. And I read it because I had to for an, uh, for a, no, it wasn't even by myself. This is the embarrassing thing. It was like, you know, in primary school when you used to read books together. So you read 10 pages one day and 10 pages another. That's what I mean when I said I read a book. Last book I read was when I was eight. That's what I mean. Right, so... I used to believe that I was incapable of reading books and say things like, I hate reading and it it just goes in one ear and out the other. Mandem who know me probably heard me say that whenever books were mentioned, right? People who are close to me know where I've gone to almost reinforce that self-deprecating belief. However, really and truly, this belief became a self-fulfilling prophecy which only served to hold me back. I think that point is... That point is spot on and that's something that that's something that I'm trying to be more conscious of day to day is to challenge these beliefs. Um whenever I make a make a statement about myself, for example, I hate reading or I'm not the type of person to do X and Y. Before before I wouldn't see the harm in those statements. However, I realised that I'm starting to be more conscious of that statements like that 
there are beliefs and our beliefs are all empirical, right? You can't have a belief without evidence. So then I ask myself, right, if I have that belief, what is the evidence for that belief? The evidence for that belief that I hate reading or it goes at one ear and out the other was I'd never read a fucking book. And when I tried, I hated it. And this is the point I'm going to get on now. So this year, I gave another shot. I bought books that intrigued me. Shout out Diary of a CEO. And thank you, Sophia, if you're listening, for buying me that. And used a highlighter to mark bits that stuck out to me whilst reading. That massively helped me improve my concentration and recall ability. And ever since, I've been an avid reader, which has been responsible for so much of my growth this past year. And that's the point I'm getting on. When you have these beliefs about yourself and you want to challenge them, provide it new evidence. And what what I've tried to do with this is challenge that belief by providing myself new evidence. You know, get in that book, start reading. And I tell you what, wallahi, the, the single biggest help has been that highlighter. The, the highlighter has completely changed the game with reading. And I don't know why, I don't know why someone didn't mention that to me sooner. I guess it just goes, information is a privilege, right? Because there's no, <laughs> ain't nobody reading books in my ends. You know, if you, all the, all the people read books got bullied, like, which is awful to say, but it's, it's, it's true. And that's the narrative we're trying to change people. You get me? So, mandem, it's cool to read, right? So, that using a, something so simple as using a highlighter has completely changed the game because I'm almost my brain couldn't keep up with the words I was reading. So it would just go in one ear and out the other. But what the highlighter has done is that it's allowed me to, as I'm going through, focus on the words that intrigue me and almost slow, slow me down. So if you're someone who says things like, I hate reading and it just goes in one ear and out the other, Perhaps this might be the the solution for you. I don't know, give it a try. But yeah, reading has been a huge influence on my life this year. And I, f- I fucking love books now. I, I don't care if I sound like a nerd. I love books. There's, I've got so many on my list. Now I'm chatting to Mandem about books. Yeah. And there's so much knowledge you can get from it. And it's it's a wormhole in it. Once you read one book... There's so many interesting topics. Yeah. I swear to God, Walla, if you if you knew people who know me know how out of character that is for me to for me to read. So yeah. Is reading something you struggled with and how do you challenge how are you conscious of the statements you say to yourself? Like, oh I'm not the type of person who does I hate and why? Ask yourself why you have those beliefs. And what evidence you have for those beliefs. And I guess the challenge is providing new evidence, right? So, number three. And this one might be a bit of a surprise to people. But taking control of my algorithm. This year, I became conscious of the negative effect the media I was consuming was having on my productivity, mindset, attitudes and overall mental state. The media you consume is so important. You internalize each piece, either consciously or unconsciously. So this year I made an active effort 
on each of my social medias to only interact with media that added value to my life. By searching for topics that would add value to me, making sure to like them and actively interact with them. And within a few days, my entire algorithm had switched. And now when my algorithm switches back, I take back control. Take back control of our borders, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's something that I've, that's, you know what, that, that right there is something I done really early, really early in the year. And I actually found it extremely interesting because like, like a lot of young working class mandems for you pages and explore pages, my fucking algorithm was filled with rappers and and shade bar and all that all that shit in it don't get me wrong it serves a, a purpose in pop culture but and you you know what was funny when i especially when i launched my page and i was looking for inspiration for content all it took was for me to search things like mindset search things like motivation spam like a few posts and watch it try it now you will see how quickly your algorithm switches up and i guess it speaks to the fact that these social media companies keep you in the state you want to be in so actually by taking control of that you can dictate the media you consume and that's something that i've been conscious of this year so of course like when i say now whenever my algorithm switches back i take control of course not all the time you get me however if it goes too far I, I do take control and I search things like motivational mindset or bait, bait terms like that and spam like to switch back. And it's just the point is being conscious of the media you consume and the conscious and subconscious effects that this will have on your mental state, on your mindset, on your motivations. You know, it reminds me of something Jay Shetty was talking about where he was talking about his relationship with his mentor and his mentor always used to, you always to, used to catch him out and ask him, "What are you thinking about?" And Jay Shetty would go, oh, I'm, "I'm not thinking about anything. Why?" And then he would go, he would ask him to repeat, "You become what you think about." Repeat, repeat that again. You become what you think about. And then when he asked him, "What are you thinking about?" Nothing, right? So you want to be nothing. And it speaks to that fact that we are all subconsciously becoming what we think about, thinking about. So we want to be in that constant state of thinking about our purpose more than we're thinking about current pop culture, what rapper said what and shit like that. And yeah, all speaks to that idea that the media you consume and the thoughts you're thinking about are so important. Your productivity, mental state, mindset and attitudes. So yeah, is this something you've been conscious of? Because fucking hell, it definitely wasn't something I was conscious of. So yeah, it'll be interesting to hear. And number four, designing my environments. I'll explain. After reading Atomic Habits, great fucking book, by the way. A few people recommended recommended it to me. So you know where I'll go on if you're listening to this. You know who, who put me on. After reading Atomic Habits, I became I, I began to appreciate the power of your environment, especially those which you spend the most time in. They have a huge impact on your mindset, moods, and attitudes. A similar point to the fact about the media we consume. We are a product of our environment after all. So I wrote, 
So I started to take an active approach to design my environment in a way that would consistently remind me of my goals, my ideal, and what I want to achieve. Whether that's quotes on my bedroom wall, or keeping my room tidy, or a lock screen that reminds me of something I need to hear in a tough moment. Get creative and design your environment for success. And this is something that was a big takeaway from me from Atomic Habits, is about designing your environments, like I said, to remind you of your purpose and your things constantly. So one way I've done this, for example, is I remember in, must be October now, I thought about my values very, very clearly and very detailedly. And it's all about that, the ideal, you know, who do I want to be? And one thing I'd done was, so I thought of five values, sat down and reflected myself. And I stuck up my five values around my room at different points. So wherever I am, either I'm on my bed, watching TV, there's one behind the TV. If I'm going to the door to leave, there's one on the door where I'm about to leave. If I'm in the bathroom brushing my teeth, there's one on the mirror. And the point of that is to constantly remind you of who you want to be, your goals, your values, and live in an environment, create an environment and design an environment that is conducive to productivity and to your ideal, right? And there's other various things that I've that I've done, like little, little quotes or little symbols and things like that. I can't like it's just been nice. It's been nice to have those constant reminders. And whenever I'm having those days where I've done absolutely nothing, I'm looking up at I, I can't even procrastinate too tough for too long without looking up at one of my one of my values or a quote that I put up and thinking, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, what am I doing? I'm right, that that is who I want to be, you know. Is would the person I wanna be be sitting on his ass the binge eating right now no so get up Aussie you get me and whatever that looks like for you like I said get creative design your environment whether that's quotes whether that's photos of people who inspire you the spaces and environments you're in are so important to that so yeah and number five we're getting we're getting deep on this one Weekly reflections. So, right. I know. I'm taking a deep breath because I know what's about to be said in this one. So, it's also a breathing technique that I'll plug at the end, which has helped me a lot with my anxiety. So, yeah. Journaling, reflections, all words that would have made me cringe six months ago. No cap. However, what I wasn't aware of until very recently was that cringe was symbolic of a deeper issue like many i would turn towards internalizing my thoughts problems and feelings therefore whenever i was called upon to express them i either wouldn't know what to think wouldn't be able to articulate it or simply just suppress it back down and internalize it as that was the only way I had learned to handle my thoughts and feelings growing up. However, what I have found in weekly reflections has been profound. My weekly reflections have helped me, for the first time in my life, not to internalise and also to keep myself accountable 
and in the process learn so much more about myself. Bro, oh, I got goosebumps when I was saying that. You know, it's different to when I was when you're writing it down in it, but when you're saying it out loud, it almost becomes real. And that is one hundred percent was my relationship with with how I processed my thoughts, feelings, and like many many young men and men in general. Especially from being from a POC background and being working class, I know this will speak to a lot of people that you're never taught in those environments how to express your emotions and how to and how to articulate them, you know. I have I have conversations with people from similar backgrounds who went to similar schools as mine or whatever. You're never asked for your opinion. You're never asked, Oh, how do you feel? you know? And as much as I love, I love, I love my mandem and love the people I grew up with. It's it's just not something that's that's normalised. You don't grow up, you don't grow up in that in that in that environment. And that's something I almost, I almost envy about the way girl groups work in it because they have that constant. At least the people, the girls I'm friends with or I know, they have that constant loop of feedback right and they have that constant outlook for their emotions so their friends are always asking oh how do you feel how did the how did the date go how did how was that experience whatever man you don't you don't say that you don't you're almost the same way you're not taught how to express how you're feeling you're also not taught to listen to others or to yourself so you just end up internalizing everything everything and then it comes out in it comes out and manifests itself in so many different ways you know it for me personally it comes out and has came out in not being able to set boundaries with friends or partners it comes out in not being able to the same way not being able to communicate properly because like I said i I've never expressed my thoughts or feelings or opinions outwardly before. So you, you just end up internalizing all of all of this and keeping it to yourself. And just just like it's it's almost like putting a mento in a in a coke bottle and putting the lid straight on, right? And it come it comes out in ways like that. Like I remember at the beginning of this year something something happened a big family dispute or whatever and i didn't i didn't tell anyone even my partner at the time and i remember months later we were having a having a um a discussion talk about something and it was something i had i had uh, i had fucked up on and again i wasn't communicating very well at that point kind of doing what what I have always done in life which is just try to almost goes back to not being comfortable with conflict trying to almost say the right things to get past to get over with which is not the right thing to do and then I just that that thing that I had bottled up for so long just popped up in that that period of emotion and that's reflective of that's reflective of anything in life that's 
that is the symptom of internalizing your emotions, feelings and thoughts and of compartmentalizing trauma or issues is they come up in ways that you would never, never expect. And they will come up. They will come up. And my the, the way I internalize has had uh, adverse effect on on how I'm able to set boundaries, manage conflict, communicate, everything. So what reflecting has done for me is for the first time in my life, well, for the first time in my life is to not, to not internalize my feelings, to not internalize my thoughts, to not internalize my trauma. And actually ask, before anyone else asks me, ask myself, how do I feel? And consistently articulate it to myself so that when someone asks me what do you think when someone asks me how do you feel i already know because i've already done the work and as a as a result it's helped me be able to communicate my boundaries a lot a lot better a lot better and communicate my communicate generally better be more assertive and be more decisive so yeah mandem start reflecting people start reflecting fuck internalizing and don't just ask yourself how you feel ask the people around you how do you feel you know be brave in conversations how are you feeling mentally how are you feeling physically because i know so many of us of course i'm saying mandem but this applies to i know lots of lots of women who have developed these same methods to cope with trauma or their emotions and feelings because it's not always a gender-specific issue. For example, I think I developed a lot of these coping mechanisms and ways of dealing with my thoughts and feelings from from my mum. Shout out, mumsy. It's just me being honest and true to myself. Because she's she's an amazing, amazing woman. However, she'd be the first one to say, so she won't mind me saying this, but has quite unhealthy methods of coping with with feelings and trauma this is something we've chatted about we've had nice conversations recently about actually and she kind of joined me almost on this journey which has been nice so yeah shout out mumsy i love you so mandem get talking start reflecting those are my five habits that changed my life in 2022. Wow, this, this went on for a while. It's been an hour long. Rah. I'm not sure if I want to end it here or just keep going. So it's going to be a long ass, long ass podcast, man. Shit, I didn't even realise that we were talking this long. See, now I'm in the flow. It's calm. Like, I was, obviously, before I was a bit nervous, in it? Like, first time doing it. But, yeah. Okay, look at the next one. Baby, come Okay, okay, now I'm gonna do, I'm going to do this in two parts. So, people, my people, thank you for listening to my first ever podcast. I hope you enjoyed, I hope you learned something from it. I hope you were able to yourself reflect on the topics that I was talking about and have that internal dialogue with yourself and, and with me. And part two, I'll be recording right now, but I want to split it up and put it into two parts. So yeah, 
Thank you for watching. Don't forget to hit the follow button on Aussie OSB for weekly content. And again, thank you for listening. Have a great day, my people, wherever you are in the world. God bless. Catch you next time. Peace.